Come gather, ye friends, round your stocking-infested yule fires and listen to tales of daring, holly and hogmany adventure from the worn pages of history. Set aside your pumpkin spice latte and get in the queue for Pandora, you shambles. Ah, history. Is it time for another Christmas special already? Are we doing a 90s hack-style Christmas carol episode? You know, where, like, one of us learns the true meaning of Christmas is family and it's, and it's not how many presents you get. Yeah, you know, I'm not down with that. You know, you boys had better get me something good or it's a shed Christmas for the three of you. Oh, please no, Tombo. The ice plays havoc with the sound quality. Yes, listeners, it's that time of year when you finally realise that you are sick of your mates and... Shut your face and have some cheer. It's time for... The Silly History Boys Show! Christmas Clangers. In which we shall relentlessly list shocking examples of history's worst Christmases. But first, who are we? And what would our worst Christmas be? I am Uncle Bilbo. And this is a terrible time of year for me. I'm paranoid about home invasions, listener. And the idea of a jolly fat man in red sneaking into my house at night is too close to Uncle Bob Bob to be comfortable. I sleep on the roof with a cricket bat. Uncle Bilbo, I've got a gig in Leeds. Can I stay in your house, please? Leave me alone. I am Tombo. And at this time of year, my private video service goes into overdrive. I hate it. I hate it. Hours and hours in the suit, telling Japanese businessmen that they've been very naughty this year. You look good in that beard. <sighs> I know. But I get cold. Oh, he's only wearing the beard. And I am your dear Uncle Bob Bob. And Christmas will be wonderful this year, because this year is my year. The year to finally get into the John Lewis advert. This year, I shall play a sad-looking candy floss seller at one of those big European Christmas markets in the middle of an industrial estate by Beldy. Uh, and, and I don't sell any candy floss. Oh, I don't sell any candy floss. And, it, and it's Baltic out. Oh, it's so cold. But then a little child buys a thing of my candy floss and everyone goes, oh. And that commercial is out already. It's got an alien having its first Christmas. Oh, no, no, not, oh, no, not again. No. I am the guillotine tinseler and thumbscrew paper chainer known only as the Pear Bear. I try hard to make the instruments of torture at my work look nice and festive, but really, I'd rather douse the place in brandy butter and roast my chestnuts on that open fire. Well, those are all awful Christmases. But... Can history do worse? Almost certainly, yes. Here we <laughs> Right, it's time for my Christmas tale. Ooh, it's going to be so delicious, like a glazed ham on a bed of bacon sprinkled with pigs in blankets. Climb in, gentlemen. You can pork right off. Absolutely not. We are not bringing back the narrative of the larder as a plot device. Yay! Oh, I've forgotten how convenient it is in here. Where's it taking us, Pear Bear? Anywhere our imaginations decide? Oh, you hacks. You awful Awful hacks. It's taking us to Westminster Abbey on Christmas Day, 1066. Hooray! 
Is it, though, or is it just filling in for a clever way to have us arrive at that point? Slip inside and find out. It's got sofas this time and mince pies. You know, because it's Christmas. I don't even like mince pies, but in here they've got actual mints in them and they're amazing. Oh, come on, Bob Bob. Climb on in. You're gonna miss the history. Fine. Go on. Press the button or whatever makes it do things and let's get this over with. Yes, sir. 25th December 1066. And... Go! Christmas Day, 1066. That's right, dear listener. The history year. Westminster Abbey, London. The grand doors open. In strides a man. The man, mummy! The Norman! His name is William, known to some as William the Bastard, due to his being born out of wedlock. Known to others as William, Duke of Normandy. And now, thanks to his victory at the Battle of Hastings, he will soon be known as King William I of England. William the Conqueror. You! Send for the Archbishop! I need crowning up as soon as possible! We've got various Saxon nobles rebelling up and down the country, and I really, really need to get out there and crush them. What? Send for the Arch... I'm sorry, sir. I've no idea what you're saying. Don't you speak French, you Saxon oink! What was that, you French dog? No comprende, Normandier! Allow me to translate, my Lord William. Ah! Bishop Geoffrey of Coutonsay, you speak the Saxon tongue, do you? Yes, my lord. What? That's Saxon for we, mon lord, my lord. Oh, I see. Right. Wouldn't it be easy to just kill all the Saxons and replace them with good, honest Normans instead? What's he saying? His soon-to-be-majesty is saying what a pleasant day it is for a coronation. And that you Saxons being involved will harbour peace and cooperation between us all. Oh, well, that's nice. Is he always this friendly? Oh, yes. Definitely. He asks for you to send for the Archbishop. Well, I, I am the Archbishop. Aldred, Archbishop of York, at your service. Marvellous. Do you have the crown? Here it is, yes. He has polished up a tree to it. And you'll see we managed to get most of the Godwinson off it as well. Stop nattering and get on with it. Geoffrey, you can do the French bit, and this chap whose name I don't care can do all the Saxon bits. A fabulous plan, your majesty. Of course it is. Now everyone shut up and make me king. I want to go out and stab people. And so the Archbishops of York and Coutances set about their task before the assembled gathering of Saxon and Norman nobles. While outside, a crack team of Norman guards stand ready to defend William with their lives. An attack could come at any time from any angle. They are, after all, deep in enemy territory. Look at them all, John Peer. Saxons. Giving us all the evils they are. Are they though, Maurice? That one's smiling. The cold smile of a killer. That's what that is. I'm pretty certain it's just a regular non-murderous kind of smile. That's how they get you, John Pierre. One minute, they're smiling in the next. Boom! 
They cut your legs off with them big knives what they carry. The Sayax? That's the one. I've seen what they do with those knives, so I have. Let me guess. Cut stuff? Precisely. Ooh, gives me the shivers it does. Excuse me. Ah! Whoa, come in peace. You what? You what? What's he saying, John Pierre? How should I know? I don't speak Saxon. Hey, Kev, why are they pointing swords at you? Well, I don't know, Nev. They're not very friendly, are they? Get back. What's he saying? Well, should I know? Do I look like I speak Norman? This is getting pretty intense, Maurice. Not one step closer, Saxon. Not one step closer. Meanwhile, inside the abbey... Hey! Hey! Hurry it up! Gentlemen, make with the kinging! Of course, my liege. To begin, we need the cry of approval from the gathered nobles. Aldred. Yes, that's me, Aldred, Archbishop of York, yes. Get the Saxons to cry their approval for William. But they, um, they don't approve of him at all. My lord, he killed our king, didn't he? It's approval or death, remember? Those are William's terms. Oh, yes. How foolish of me. I, I forgot about that bit. Sorry. Saxons, cry approval for your new king. Normans, cry approval for William. Hooray! A great cry was raised within Westminster Abbey, and the assembled nobility from both sides cheered for their new king. But outside, that cry of approval did not sound very approvy at all. Hey, hear that, Maurice? Sounds like a fight inside the abbey. Treachery. The Saxons are clearly trying to assassinate our William before he's crowned. Quick, start setting fire to things. Hang on. Shouldn't we, uh, check first? No, no time for that. Remember your Norman training. Yeah, if anything at all happens, if anything at all happens, immediately start setting things on fire. Um... Are you sure that's our, uh, that's our training? It is. There are loads of historical occasions where we Normans set fire to things almost immediately. And this Christmas Day, 1066, is no different. Oh, okie doke. If history says so. Hello, Mr Norman. Merry Christmas and that. Here, have a present. My lovely wife has woven this cushion of peace to keep yourself warm with. Maurice, he's coming at me with a cushion. Don't smother my friend, you Saxon beast. Bernie, oh, quick. And so, as William the Conqueror was being crowned on Christmas Day 1066, his soldiers began to set fire to houses around Westminster Abbey. They thought the cry of approval from within the Abbey was an assassination attempt. It is reported that even as the Abbey itself began to fill with smoke from burning houses and rioting broke out, William insisted that the archbishops complete the coronation service despite the chaos. Get up with it, you little slugs! Make me king! It's only a bit of smoke! We'll go outside and kick their heads in in a bit! There you go! That's my little Christmas history story. You're welcome, gentlemen. That was so real, Pear Bear. I, I can still smell the trendy vape shops of Westminster all ablaze. Heavy bacon flavour! Yum! That's not heavy bacon. That's lard! Oh no! The narrative harder larder! It's a flame! 
Oh, silly me! I seem to have spilt my in-laws' pre-Christmas dinner brandy all over the Ardalada and decided to buck the trend and vape the old-fashioned way. <laughs> Whoops! Brandy Butterfingers! Oh, Ardalada. We hardly knew ye. <laughs> I do not regret for one second that throwaway line in a random show about, I think it was pirates, that eventually caused us all these problems. Oh, larder. I was going to hook it up with a Caesar time machine and make the ultimate narrative pusher along her. Oh, and that's such a snappy name too, Bear Bear. Whatever will we do now? Bob, Bob, you Grinch. He brought back their snoof and their tringlers and their fuzzles. He brought back their... I don't care if I'm this year's cold pervert. All I care is that the larder is gone. <laughs> what are you going to do now, you lazy hacks? <laughs> the silly history extinguisher. Where is it? Last time I saw it was in... The Yard Barn. <laughs> it, what? <laughs> oh, for festive's sake, what have I done to deserve this? Come on now, Bob Bob. It was either this or, you know, the tail jail. And in there, they make you earn your narrative in non-family-friendly ways. And what with your soft writer's hands, you'll never get any conventional storytelling done. Fine, let us limp to it. <laughs> Christmas market, Christmas market. Prithee, come for your fine delicacies at the Jewsbury Christmas market. Well met, young vendor. How met, Black Tom? Oh, oh, I cry your mercy, my lord. I, I, I meant how met Sir Thomas de Southall. Fear not, fine fellow. Methinks the moniker Black Tom sits welleth upon me. A name so joyously bestowed that... <coughs> oh, actually, can we stop talking like this, Jeff? I'm wilting from death by a thousand medieval dictionary paper cuts over here. What the devil is going on? Well, it's the year of our Lord, 1434, my lord. And here in West Yorkshire, we're moving with the times. This is the first Germania Christmas market here in Dewsbury. Germania? This market is a gaudy nightmare. No need for anger, my lord, Tom. It, it's harmless, really. It's mainly insultingly small cups of hot wine and expensive, albeit fantastic, pork products. Harmless indeed. Fret not, my lord. Our great English nation is 97 years into the 100 years war, which is going great, by the way. Uh, we're still riding the crest of that victorious war wave out of Agincourt. Ignoring the fact that we're 20 years ago and our warrior king, Henry V, is also 12 years dead. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we've got this book-smart but street-dumb boy king now and a brewing power vacuum. Small cup of bloated hot wine, sir. Um, That's no way to talk about Henry VI, yeah? Oh, hey, Mike. Uh, Sir DeSuttle, this is Mike from the Hanseatic League. A Germanian? Well, more like your friendly local Hanseatic representative, sir. Listen here, Jerry. Mike. I don't know what you're doing here. Wool and cloth, Sir DeSuttle. Your name is so easy to say. What? Halifax and Leeds are going great guns in this industry, and we at the Hanseatic League fancy a bit of this northern sheep action, and not the way you're thinking. Over my dead English body! Don't get yourself all worked up, Sir de Soufsel. You'll be fine. <laughs> 
unless, of course, the next 20 years sees a sudden decline in the nation's fortunes, leading to two powerful houses getting their Wars of the Roses on, which in turn would lead to an unstable crown, which in turn would lead to Edward IV getting his Yorkist bottom spanked by the Hanseatic League. Oh yeah, that would suck. Are you trying to make me angry, Jerry? By no means, Black Tom. I hear that you're a super calm knight. That's sir, the subtle to you, Wolf Fondler. No, no, Tom. Don't get yourself all worked up. I'm perfectly calm! Well, you've already lost your head at this Germanian market, and... You haven't even had to pay for anything yet. As a northerner, I'm crazy protective of me textiles and I can't abide hot wine taking the focus away from me warm beer. Traditions must be upheld. How undignified. No wonder your lot will lose the much-overlooked Anglo-Hanseatic War of 1469 to 1474. Because it's boring! A northerner admitting that wool is boring. Why, next thing you'll be saying is, ooh, six quid for a small cup of corn shop plonk with some herbs in is good value. Oh, I need to get out of this hellscape. Unwind with a trip around the church, then a relaxing walk around the mill pond. Sir Disothel, Black Tom. Oh, he's gone. Not very Christmassy, that one. No, not very Christmassy at all. on his new shoes and that was overly done and then and then he'd got his weird trimmed beard thing going on which was very offensive to my eye it looked like a lumberjack is what he looked like and then father then he said how undignified and i think he made a crack about people from the north being tight well the donation plate has been less than festive this year what uh, i said don your plate for festive cheer remember you are a knight highborn and life is good. Well, it doesn't feel good. We've got Germanian representatives skulking about with their gingerbread architecture and weird woolen offerings. Mittens? Yes. The things they make wool do for money. Disgusting. My Lord de Suthill, let the light of the Lord bathe you in tranquility. Your humours run hot. Balance them. Imbibe less red foodstuffs. I already said no to the hot wine, didn't I? And that's a wonderful start. Now, have you also thought about balancing your soul? Well, they are wearing thin, and I do worry for me wandering around the mill pond. They did have some lovely fluffy boats at the market that were quite reasonably priced if you'd suddenly gone insane and been dropped on your head when you were a baby. No, wait, no, no, stop, stop. Get behind me, Satan. This is how it begins. Uh, no, my lord, not soul is in feet, but soul is in eternal. They were never as good after Louise left. Oh, uh, no, my lord, please concentrate. This is very important. Balance your soul with the gift of giving. Tranquil and calm. Nothing makes God happier than when you part with your worldly possessions. He loves that sort of thing. Does he? Well, I, I do have a Lynx Africa gift set from last Christmas. Does God like smelling like a 12-year-old boy? Does he ever? I mean, no, 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 he, uh, he prefers cold hard cash. Or an extravagant gift for the people of Jewsbury. But what? Hmm. Well, I'll go for that walk around the mill pond and I'll have a think. Yes, my lord. You could always have a practice now. What? Oh, oh, oh yes, quite. Hang on, here you go. Uh, oh, come on, fingers, let go of the coin. You can do it. 
let go, let go. Uh, up to three. One, two, three. Uh, oh, I don't know if this is going to work, Father. Let me give it one more go. One, two, three. Ha! Oh, there we go. Victory. Very generous, my lord. And remember, tranquil and calm. Tranquil and calm. I'm always tranquil and calm. Tranquil and calm and tight. <laughs> grand gift, grand gift. I mean, is there anything wrong with a gift card? Yes, it's impersonal, but then the giftee can get something that they really want. Oh, by the heavens, this is hard. Oh, Lord, give me strength. You should try some of the hard liquor from the Germanian market if you want strength, sir. Silence, boy! Do not speak of that dirty market! Sorry, my lord. I misspoke. Tranquil and calm, Tom. Tranquil and calm. Wait, do I know you, boy? Yes, sir. I'm part of your household, sir. Tim, I'm Megan's son. Megan Death? One of the laundry underlings. You're her boy, are you? Yes, sir, that's me. Timly Death at your service. Well, of course you are! I own you, you stupid boy! Tranquil and calm, Tom. Tranquil and calm. Now, what brings you to my mill pond? Need to walk off the strong liquor before I start my evening duties. You've been to that ungodly market, boy! Tranquil and calm. Tranquil and calm! Oh, yes, sir. It's so vibrant and suffocatingly rampacked. Oh, tranquil and calm, tranquil and calm. Are you also telling me that you went to church intoxicated before God? No, I skipped church, sir. It's boring. The wine tastes weird and my mum doesn't like me coming back smelling of Lynx Africa. You skipped church tranquil and calm! <laughs> Say what? I said, forgive me, Father. It's been about, ooh, 45 minutes since my last confession. You drowned that serving boy in a fit of rage. No, I drowned him in the mill pond. And no, it's not the calm tranquility that we were aiming for, but he'd missed church intentionally. Rain it into Sutthill. You can't go around drowning boys for not attending church. I mean, even I pull a sickie now and again. This is awful. I do feel terrible, yes. But on the upside, I have thought of a great gift. No, hang on, let me get the tray. Ha! Oh, this gift will not fit in the tray. God be praised. Well, where is it? It is being cast as we speak. Silver? Gold? No, silly. It's a huge bell. What? I'm donating a huge bell called Black Tom to the parish. It's titled after my amusing nickname, so folks know just how utterly terrible I feel about murdering that poor Timley Death. Strange name. Sounds made up. Please, Father, it's all about me now. This is about balancing my soul and proving to God that I'm really super duper sorry. It'll take more than that huge bell. What did you just call me? I said it'd take more than one big clanger.
Please continue. Every Christmas Eve here in Dewsbury, the bell will be tolled once for every year since Christ's birth, and the last stroke will be carefully timed to coincide with midnight on Christmas Eve. But that will take ages. Please continue. Not only will this assuage my own guilt for my evil deed, but also it will serve to keep the devil out of the church for another year. That's a bit hopeful in light of the fact they keep nicking the lead off the roof. They'll call it the Jewsbury Devil's Knell, when Black Tom rings out to remind us all of child murder. Oh, how's that for Christmassy? And a Happy New Year! By Rudolph's problematic red nose! Come on, it's not that bad. Well, I don't know. I mean, they do let that reindeer cross all sorts of international borders. And it's always snowing, handily. Classic, Dolph. Hmm. I really should see how he is, actually. No, not the flipping reindeer, the barn! That's it! There's just good. That's it! There's good. There's no larders, no story skips, no no narrative dumps, no uh, talking diggers. It's just, it's just it. I've just written it. For my Christmas clangor, we're going old school. Off to feed the drama llama. Glockenspiel. Check in on your mother's brother, your cron uncle. <laughs> no. Once upon a time, in a colony far, far away. Oh, he's good, this one. It is the winter of 1776. And the plucky little United States is rebelling against its evil overlords from a tiny island called Britain. Because they don't want to pay their taxes. In an international tantrum known as the American Revolution of Independence. Hey, Bob Bob, do you remember when you gently poked fun at Americans in the William Marshall episode and lost us hundreds of listeners in the USA? That we can't afford to lose. I do. Sorry, Americans, I'll behave. The winter of 1776, much like the last four years, has been rough on the Americans. You can say that again. Thanks, George Washington, we will. The winter of 1776 had been rough on the Americans. The start was quite good, but then the British Empire went all Empire Strikes Back on the rebel cause. We were in New York, but we've had to retreat to Pennsylvania, and it's freezing here. No pencils either. This is George Washington. Hello, listener. I'm in charge of the American army, and one day I shall become... Sorry, George. We will have to stop you there. Uncle Bob-Bob is going to make us do the American War of Independence properly one day. Yeah, and I'll be settling a few scores, you wooden-toothed traitor. (gasps) Bob-Bob! Yes, so we don't want to give too much away, Mr. President. I cannot tell a lie. The chubby one looks unhinged. Anyway, after our early defeats and the army is getting increasingly tired and, you know, dead, and I really do need a new one. General Washington, Mel Gibson lied to us. He said that British soldiers can't see people behind trees. But they can, and won't poke me with a pointy thing. And shot me. The trouble is, we keep losing battles. And this is making people rather down on the rebellion idea, and nobody wants to join in. And it's cold. <laughs> cold. And it's cold. General Washington, sir, I weaved my knickers for the momentary warmth and now me trousers are frozen solid. 
General Washington. I, I tried something similar, and now I got solid frozen solid in my knickers. Frozen solid, eh? Well, that's given me an idea. Meanwhile, in the sinister headquarters of the British Army. Gentlemen, allow me to outline our sinister strategy for the Winter War here in the colonies. What's the plan, sir? Dress up as carol singers, knock on the rebel leaders' doors, and then burn their houses down with brandy butter? Bake artillery shells in stewed fruit and pudding mix, and the rebels will get, oh look, a Christmas pudding, and bend down and look, then get exploded and get pudding on their uniforms. On occasion, I am given cause to wonder how we and our wigs are winning this war, but then I remember that this is a very silly show. We could dress up as sexy elves, but, you know, we'd have our muskets concealed in armor. This winter, the British Army will... ...do absolutely nothing. (gasps) Nothing, sir! Absolutely nothing. We are winning. So, we're going to put our feet up, have a bit of Yule Rog, and wait on one side of the Delaware River for the American Revolution to get bored and go home. Hooray! Shouldn't we guard the river just in case? Of course, but we shall do what all British people do when we can't be bothered to do something difficult ourselves. Ooh, I know this one! Um, pay foreigners to do the horrid job for less money. Eh? Oh, yes, that! Please, may we? Merry Christmas, gentlemen. Hooray! 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 The particularly unlucky foreigners were Hessians from Hesse in Germany. The King of Britain was from Germany in those days, and the two peoples got on quite well. They got on so well that the British army used to hire Hessian soldiers. Because although the British got in a lot of fights all around the world in those days... It was quite a small army. The American rebels did not like the Hessians. They thought that the least their enemy could do was speak English. Like proper English people. Which was a shame because the Hessians were generally better behaved than the British soldiers, who tended to be a bit shooty and a bit steely. But that was okay, because the Hessians didn't think much of the Americans either. Having beaten them in enough battles to conclude they weren't very good at fighting. Yeah, so we're just going to get the angel chime out and sing lovely German Christmas carols and just put our feet up, yeah? What if the enemy do turn up? I don't know, I guess we'll stab them with our bayonets, yeah? <laughs> cool. The Hessians set up their lovely Christmas markets in the town of Trenton. And apparently didn't bother making any defences. When asked why not, Colonel Rahl, who was in charge, said that if the Americans turned up, They'd have to poke them with their pointy bayonets, and that would probably be enough to make them go away. I mean, seriously, who wants to do a war in this weather? It is all snowy and cold like in the Steratoire outfit, yeah? This would turn out to be a mistake. On the other side of the very chilly Delaware River, George Washington is going to do a history bit. Men, I know you're cold. I know you're tired. I smell funny. I do too. Shh. If we do not cross this frozen river today, then this revolution will surely fail. 
and think what the future will miss. People will continue to spell color with a U. Cars will only drive on the left and correct side of the road, and even worse, kings will be able to come into your house unchecked and charge their phones. He's right, that electricity ain't free. I pay for that. Down with kings! And the fat cat 1% who lord it over the rest of us. Well, let's not go crazy now, <laughs> but otherwise, yes, down with kings. Come men, let us jump onto these rickety little boats and cross this dangerous icy river and give those Hessians a Christmas they'll never forget. <laughs> what? It's Christmas? Yes, that's the point, you see. We're attacking them on Christmas Day so they won't expect it. We better be on double time. And we better be back for Mrs. Brown Boys on telly. Just get in the boats and leave me a spare seat at the front. I need to look heroic for the paintings. So in the foulest of foul weather, George Washington's army crossed the dangerous Delaware River. Come on, lads. Some people fell in. Ah! Oh no, I'm wet! Some people got lost. Oh no, I'm lost. They said meet at the snow, but it all looks the same. The same, I tell you. But despite the terrible weather, and the fact that it was Christmas Day, I mean, come on. I know you all like freedom, but literally have a day off, GW. No, I don't want to be a famous history guy who lost more battles than he won. Well, you are! That's it. I've had quite enough of your heckling, you muggy little war geek. Hey! Yeah! Ah! Oh! Oh! Cold! 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 Everything's got inside me! Ah! Though some people did fall in the Delaware, nobody drowned. And most importantly, all the cannons that Washington had made it across too. Well, gentlemen, I know that we are a long way from home, and according to all historical records, none of you like me personally, but I say this. Christmas is a time for forgiveness, for putting aside one's differences and living together in peace. And although these events actually took place on Boxing Day and therefore not in the middle of a Christmas dinner, I wish you all and Merry Christmas, yeah. Merry Christmas, Herr Colonel. Oh, the door, it was Carol Singers. Um, quickly, gentlemen, open up. They must have a glass of schnapps and join us for Fraulein Brown's on the telebox. Very good, Herr Colonel. Hello, we're the Continental Army. Ah, Utahos. Is it Carl Singers? Ah, nein. And so George Washington utterly surprised the Hessian soldiers because it was Christmas and he was a no-good cheat. Actually, it was fair game, you know. It wasn't a true son or anything. The Hessians had been too cocky. And as musket ball ricocheted off the turkey. And cannon fire shredded the stockings above the fire. And the British realised that the American Revolution was not going to be over by Christmas after all. And ultimately, tens of millions of people would learn to spell the word colour incorrectly. 
but not without Georgie Washington's Christmas miracle. Which meant a thousand men far from home fighting a war that they had no real interest in apart from being paid to fight it, spent their Boxing Day being shouted at by Americans. USA! 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 What an awful Christmas. Also, some were dead. On both sides. Which is also awful. But at least America became a land of freedom, equality, and self-determination for all. <clears throat> anyway. Do you remember when cracking America used to be a thing? Oh my yes. And between me and Bilbo's Edison bashing, I think we're on the right track. Well, you know, we still got that admiral in Florida who likes us if we, you know, ever need a basement to crash in. Florida, Bilbo. Florida. They eat talkers like us for breakfast. Oh. Yeah. So this is it. We here at Silly History Boys HQ wish you all the merriest of Christmases. And the silliest of New Years. So do take our Silly History Christmas present. That's right. Unwrap it. Fix that smile and take it. Thank you. Yes, we're not saying we're the embodiment of Christmas spirit, you know, but, you know, we write with love. And we're not going to lie, a sherry or two. We vocalise with cheer. And because we're terrible show-offs. And we end it because, my God in heaven, we have to. I incidentally, when are you getting your new computer, Bob? Bob, you're killing Pear You boy, whose edit is this? Oh my God, I'm doing it. And so, for all the burning buildings, Sol's bells, and colonial banter, please, Americans, keep listening. We are, as always, Sorry! Felicitations to you all, good my friends. Thank you so, so very much for listening in, for tuning in to this episode of the Silly History Boy Show. This episode being... Episode 38, or as we like to call it, the Silly History Boys Christmas Clangers episode, which was bought last minute from a service station on the M1 and wrapped in an old Amazon gift bag by the Silly History Boys themselves. The parts of William the Conqueror, Kev a Saxon, Mike from the Hanseatic League, British Major Rickman and Colonel Rahl, why he was stuffed and basted by our own very little brave nutcracker over there. Oh yes, his name was Rob Bob Bob Bond. Oh yes, he's quite the brave nutcracker. <laughs> the parts of Archbishop Aldred, Nev, a Saxon, Thomas de Southall, American Bumpkin, British Army Underling, German Soldier Hesse, was jammed on top of the Christmas tree by our own sweet, sweet angel, Stu the Pear Bear Perry. The parts of Bishop Geoffrey, Jean-Pierre, a Norman, Dewsbury priest, American bumpkin, British army underling, was drowned in brandy and smothered with marzipan by our own very, very comfortably tasting Christmas cake, none other than Master Will, Uncle Bilbo Tristram. The parts of Maurice, a Norman, Jeff, the vendor, and General George Washington was hastily sprinkled with glitter and sellotaped in alongside a, a bevy of 20 peas. No, I'll not go for that one. 
was gleefully exploded into life by our own little Christmas cracker, none other than Tom Tombo Fermor. And the part of Timly Death, the servant boy, was sent screaming downstairs at three in the morning with gay abandon by our own very and cute little shepherd boy himself, none other than Harry Hazmat Perry. And as for music and effects, a little tip of the cap there to none other than our best friends, zapsplat.com. Thank you, Zap, and indeed thank you, Splat. I'm sure that you'll find something lovely under the Christmas tree. Now, of course, the music also wonderfully played by none other than Scott Buckley. I have you down as uh, being on the nice list, Mr. Buckley. Very good. And, of course, our wonderful intro music was played by none other than Lord Fastfingers himself. Thank you, sir. I will fetch you a mince pie or three for all of your efforts. If you would like to follow us, good my friends, uh, why not try on Facebook at Silly History Boys. Or perhaps Twitter at SHB underscore show. Please rate us. Uh, please review us. And if you're on Spotify, well, there's now a rating system there too. And remember, if you do not give us five stars, well, I have to tell you, you're all on the naughty list. <laughs> uh, my friends, thank you so very much. I wish you only the greatest of Christmases. Love lots. Have fun. And be safe. Right, can I go now? Can I stop doing this silly voice? Father Christmas indeed. <sighs> Alright then, bye! Nothing. We are winning. So we're going to put our feet up, have a bit of Yule Log, and ignore the narrative of most British colonial wars where we lose all of the battles until the last one and actually win the war, usually by some cruel economic means that we tend not to teach in our schools. We only do World War II because we were the goodies in that, and let's face it, everyone who wasn't a Nazi was a goodie in that one. And we'll sit on one side of the Delaware River and wait for the American Revolution to get born to go home! I think I'm overtired. <laughs>